It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Each week, we bring you information on how eating real foods in balance can help to heal your body and boost your metabolism. Today's topic is all about pain and inflammation, and I want to really focus in on the aches and pains people have due to arthritis. And to help me out this morning as co-host is Cara Carper, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. Good morning, Cara. Hi, Brenna. Great to be here with you today. And good morning to all of our listeners. You know, it's amazing how many clients we see who struggle with pain. And that pain might be migraines, could be muscle pain, fibromyalgia, joint pain, you name it. All of the suggestions that we're going to discuss today are probably applicable to any of these conditions, but I think it's good to kind of narrow in and focus on one type of pain, such as the pain associated with arthritis. Now, what do you think of when you hear the word arthritis? Most people probably think about joint pain, or maybe they think of a specific type of arthritis, typically either osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis. Now, both conditions are caused by inflammation in the joints that break down that soft, spongy cartilage that typically keeps our bones from rubbing on one another. And both types of arthritis are part of the rheumatoid conditions, which also include psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, gout, lupus, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, infectious arthritis, and also Kawasaki syndrome. So all of these conditions affect the joints. Some affect other tissues in the body, but all of them are painful and cause a lot of inflammation. Now, I think it's pretty easy for people to visualize how inflammation causes joint pain. The enlarged, swollen, and crooked fingers of someone with arthritis in their hands is easy to see, but it might be more difficult to visualize the arthritis in someone's hip. However, I'm sure most people know someone who maybe they use a cane or a walker due to having arthritis in their knees mm-hmm. or their hips. That's I think I, those seem to be the most common ones, really, yes. to talk about their knees and their hips. But no matter what kind of arthritis you or a loved one may have, there are several different nutrition strategies that you can use to help reduce your joint inflammation and ultimately reduce your pain. One of our first nutrition strategies to help people reduce their pain and inflammation is to try going gluten-free for at least six weeks. This is especially important if you have an autoimmune form of arthritis, such as the rheumatoid arthritis, the psoriatic arthritis, or even lupus. So we'll talk about gluten for a minute. The gluten protein is found in wheat, rye, barley, spelt, and kamut. And that some of those are just more traditional ancient grains. Really old ones. <laughs> you haven't that... heard of those before. Yes. But all of those gluten-containing grains can cause inflammation, not only in the digestive tract, but also in our joints. And if gluten particles pass through the gut wall and enter into the bloodstream, our immune system can get confused. So those gluten molecules look similar to the cells that make up our joints. And over time, 
the immune system can begin to attack the cartilage and the tissues in our joints. So that creates a lot of inflammation, which, of course, inflammation causes pain. Yes. And then as that tissue breaks down and those bones start rubbing on one another, then that creates more inflammation and more pain. And it's a pretty Mm -hmm. vicious cycle. Now, we've done numerous shows on how to eat gluten-free using real foods. And if listeners want to go to our website, weightandwellness.com, just all spelled out, then they can click on the radio show tab and then search gluten in that pull-down menu. And pretty easy to find lots of shows mm-hmm. on eating gluten-free or other shows on autoimmune diseases. So, Yeah, the we- I mean, the website is just has so many great resources. It's very user-friendly. Yes. You know, real-life examples are always so powerful. So I would actually like to talk for a minute about uh, a story of just one of my clients and who has successfully been able to reduce her pain. It really depends on what she's eating, though. At any given day, (laughs) if she kind of goes off plan, yes, her pain instantly comes back. So she actually refers to the way that she eats as a barometer. Okay. Um, Because her her, her pain is a barometer as to, like, how well she's doing, staying Mm -hmm. on plan. So, it you know, her pain and inflammation really all started with an accident, Okay. A few years back. Um, and so she is still on some pain medication, but she's been able to get off most of it. But she really needs to be completely gluten free. Okay. She also needs to pay attention to just total carbohydrate intake. And mm-hmm. you're going to talk more about being grain free. Yes. So she is someone that really does better without even just eating rice or starchy potatoes. Yeah. If she has too much fruit at the end of the day, she notices that she will have more pain. So she is very sensitive. So I like your example of her pain is her barometer of how she's eating. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, she thinks back, oh, maybe I had, um, you know, a cup and a half of fruit instead of a half of a cup. And boy, my pain sure was worse today. That's really interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Now we do have a caller. Oh, great. On line one. Okay. I think we can take that. Good morning, Miss Carrie. You have a question for us? Yes, I do. Um, I have had Crohn's disease for a long, long time, and I've had multiple surgeries where I've had parts of my intestine removed. Um, and I'm, I'm doing fine overall, but I have a question. I've heard a lot about um, something called probiotics, and I'm wondering if that might be beneficial for me because I have what doctors refer to as bacterial overgrowth, which means just a lot of um, gas and things that I deal with. And I'd like to improve that if I could. I think some good probiotics would be really beneficial for you, Ms. Carrie. We have a product called Bifido Balance that we sell in our offices. And I think doing very small amounts of that, maybe um, I would start out with like a quarter of a teaspoon. Oh, okay. Three times a day. Well, and I guess that would be more of the bifido powder. Um, okay. But if you stop into our location and do that quarter of a teaspoon, maybe three times a day, and then over time you might be able to work up to like half a teaspoon. Okay. Mix in some water. Thing? Yeah. You just mix it in water then? Yep. Okay. Okay. I will definitely do that. Thank you very much. Thanks You're welcome. For the call. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Good call. So, Cara, that was a really good story you had about your client and... Her having to be very, very particular Mm -hmm. and careful with what she's eating. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, going gluten-free, 
she she is gluten free, but I have a feeling she's not just swapping out gluten containing breads, cereals, pastas, and crackers, <clears throat> uh, but probably choosing more of the anti inflammatory foods that are just naturally mm-hmm. gluten free. So what we really mean when we say choosing fruits and vegetables as our carbohydrates. That's right, Brenna. And that's a great point. And actually, when we had our phone consult last week, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, that topic came up and we were talking about what she could have for snacks. And we kind of went over, you know, she suggested, you know, what about some gluten free crackers? And I said, you know, I just don't think I think you're going to have more pain and inflammation. Mm -hmm. So we settled on the vegetable carbohydrates. Yes. For her snack instead. So gluten, you know, it can be really hidden in a lot of seemingly real foods (laughs) such as soy sauce, salad dressings, barbecue sauce, even mayonnaise. But do you think that you could do this and remove all the gluten? Can you be a nutrition detective and give up gluten for six weeks? I always love to ask people to, you know, can you kind of go in there? Can you figure out or be a detective? Look at those labels, find the gluten, remove it and kind of think to yourself, piece together the those Put together the puzzle pieces of what is affecting you and mm-hmm. you know, removing that gluten for six weeks is a good place to to start. Yep. It's so important. That six week period, too. I think less than that. It's difficult to get a good read on what it's doing to the body. Yes. Now, I do believe it's probably about time to go to a break. All right. Well, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And later in the show, we will discuss a few supplements to help reduce inflammation in your body. But when we come back from break, Brenna will discuss how one particular beverage can help decrease your risk of developing arthritis. But if you have questions for us, please give the studio a call today at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Today's topic is all about reducing pain and inflammation. Along with three nutrition strategies Karen and I are discussing this morning, studies have also shown that what we drink can have an impact on inflammation. Results from the Iowa Women's Health Study found that women who drank three cups or more of tea per day had a significantly decreased risk of developing rheumatoid arthritis. However, women who drank four or more cups of decaffeinated coffee per day had a 50% greater risk of developing rheumatoid arthritis. However, it was noted that women drinking the most decaf coffee were also more likely to smoke and drink alcohol, both of which are known to increase joint inflammation and aggravate arthritis. I can't talk this morning. (laughs) So if you're looking for a warm beverage, especially as, I don't know, the Midwest snowmageddon is coming. (laughs) (laughs) So you need a warm beverage for next week and maybe you struggle with joint pain. Try replacing one of your cups of coffee with some green or some black tea. Or if you drink wine at night, maybe try replacing it with a cup of herbal tea mm-hmm. to relax before bed. Sounds lovely, like a chamomile a or chamomile something like or that. some peppermint. Mm-hmm. Yes, delicious. And before break, Cara, you had shared how you had a client who has really reduced her pain and inflammation by eating the weight and wellness way, but mm-hmm. really having to dial in on mostly vegetables, 
little bit of right. fruit for her carbohydrates. Exactly. And something that we are finding more and more at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, but that other nutrition practitioners are also reporting, is that many people need to not only be gluten-free, but they also need to be grain-free. And this is especially true for clients who have autoimmune diseases, such as that rheumatoid arthritis, the ankylosing spondylitis, Mm -hmm. lupus. I just had a client this past week who... After talking with some of her friends and listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, she actually went grain-free last April and found that her arthritis pain went from, you know, probably an 8 to a 10 on the pain scale mm-hmm. all the way down to having almost no pain. Wow. That's phenomenal, Brenna. It's just incredible. So when we were talking, she goes, oh, over the holidays... And we're still kind of close to that post Christmas here. <laughs> she said over the holidays, she went off track and just ate stuff that she hadn't been eating for months. Mm-hmm. And she could really feel that pain come okay. back. Isn't that interesting, too? I mean, so gluten free, that's a great first step. Yes. But w- what we're saying is that for some people, they need to take another step. And so people with severe joint pain often find that cutting out all grains, and I'll just name a few of those grains, quinoa oats, rice, and corn as well. It That's really what it takes for them to feel their best and have their pain scale go down to a one or a zero. Exactly, yes. And that might sound scary or really daunting, which is why we highly recommend people make an appointment with a nutritionist so that we can help you make that transition to gluten-free or grain-free just as easily as possible. And for people who live outside of the Minnesota Twin Cities area, we do offer phone consultations, but we also have a great online class. It's called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way, and this would be a good starting point for many people. So if you're interested in that class, just go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and click on the classes tab. And just to recap here, cutting out gluten can help stop the body from attacking your joints. The official or medical term for this is molecular mimicry. Gluten molecules look similar to the cells in our joints, and our immune system gets confused and starts attacking our joints, not just the out-of-place gluten molecules. And it's really amazing what happens when we remove inflammatory foods. And, um, you know, since I think listeners enjoy hearing stories about other people that have gone through this. I agree. um, I think it's something that they can relate to. Yeah. So I'll just share another story. And and actually, this one is Jeff. I'll be talking about Jeff. He's a was a client of mine, and it's a testimonial that is also on our website, weightandwellness.com. Um, but when Jeff came to me, he what he was dealing with was eczema and painful shoulders, ankles, and knees, like extremely painful. I think he said he he couldn't itch the eczema that was in the middle of his back because his shoulders hurt so bad. Oh, I mean, no. he was just not in a good place. Um, and so really the suggestions that I made, the main suggestions were that he go gluten-free. Mm-hmm. He also greatly decreased his sugar. We'll be talking more about that. Sugar is very inflammatory. And I, and that actually was not enough for him, though, Brenna. He came back to see me and he said, well, things are a little bit better, but he he wanted them to be better Even yet. better. Um, so I did have him go dairy-free, and we're going to talk more about that on the show today. And that really was the key. It was the gluten-free, dairy-free, and low-sugar diet. 
his skin completely cleared up and all of his pain went away. That's amazing. So so Jeff can really, really tell a difference when he eats gluten or sugar or dairy, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that both of your clients had to remove gluten and dairy and sugar to really see mm-hmm. the relief in their joint pain. That's right. And making the connection to that dairy piece will... The dairy proteins, whey and casein, can also cause that molecular mimicry with our muscles and our joints. So dairy foods would be considered anything that is coming from a cow, goat, or a sheep's udder. So milk, cheese, yogurt, pudding, cottage cheese, ice cream, sour cream, and cream cheese. So that and, word and cream is cream. kind of a... Exactly. Cream and cheese. Any dish containing these foods as well. So, you know, a lot of people forget that cream of mushroom soup has dairy or many casseroles like a chicken and broccoli casserole. (laughs) It sneaks into things all the time. And we do have another caller this morning. So I think we can take that. Miss Judy, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us? Yes. um, I've been hearing more and more about collagen powder and how um, it helps. In, in your joints and to keep them healthy. I'm just wondering if you have any take on that. I love collagen powder. I put it in my smoothies. So, Cara, I don't know. Do you, have you used it? I have not. No, I've, I've read a lot of great things about it, but I'd like to hear how you put it in your smoothies. Um, I guess I make a smoothie, and I, I usually do my regular protein powder in there, and then I'll throw in a tablespoon or two of the collagen uh, just because it is really good at supporting joint tissues, skin tissues, anything that's kind of soft, flexible, um, really good for gut healing. So, uh, Miss Judy, have you used it yourself? No, I haven't, and I I see that um, you don't offer it in your um, products. We do not at this point, but if you go to your kind of like a co-op or a Whole Foods uh, Mm -hmm. natural food store, you can easily find several different brands of collagen. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. I love your show. Well, thank you. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. Now, most people, so going back to the dairy connection, most people seem to tolerate butter, which is good since it makes vegetables taste (laughs) really delicious. And we absorb our nutrients better. With butter. With butter. Yep. And as nutritionists, we often recommend removing all the dairy foods from the diet for six weeks while also removing gluten at the same time. That way we can really see that reduction in inflammation Mm -hmm. and then pick one to reintroduce. So gluten or dairy, Mm -hmm. reintroduce that one for a couple of days and see how you feel. Right. Just one at a time. Right. So your body, so you know exactly how you're reacting exactly. to the gluten or dairy. And I always tell people pizza is not a good first food. No, because it's got everything in it's it. It's got you everything can't in tell it. What might be bringing back the pain? No. <laughs> so does giving up your favorite dairy based food sound scary to you? It did to me when I first tried it. Um, but now, you know, I'll just explain a couple of ways that I try to avoid dairy. Yeah. So, for example, um, when I have my morning coffee, I actually put coconut oil. I put a tablespoon of coconut oil in my coffee and I love it. But I know other clients of mine have used coconut milk, which would be a great dairy free replacement in the coffee. Mm -hmm. Instead of having string cheese or cheese for snacks, I really try to have things like beef sticks or there's some great, you know, nitrate free beef sticks or turkey sticks or 
nitrate-free deli meat. Or Epic Bars. <laughs> or Epic Bars, which we now sell at our office. And those are a wonderful, perfectly balanced snack. Yeah, and what's great about them, they're shelf-stable, so they don't have to go in the refrigerator. Exactly. So some of the beef and turkey sticks, once you open them, need refrigeration. Yes. The Epic Bars don't. They do not. So, and instead of whey protein in smoothies, you know, a great dairy-free protein powder is our pure paleo protein, and that's 100% dairy-free. Yes, it is, and it's super delicious. Mm-hmm. I don't know, do you have a favorite smoothie combination? Um, I'm a chocolate person, so <laughs> I love a good chocolate protein powder with half of a banana, mm-hmm. half cup of raspberries. Ooh, and some and kind of a fat, either avocado or coconut, coconut milk. milk. Yes, I'm a big fan of the the chocolate pure paleo protein powder as well. But then I like to do the about half a cup of some frozen cherries. Ooh, that sounds really it is very delicious. Good. Yes. <laughs> so great suggestions there, Cara. Now I have a client, Lori, whom I've been working with for several years. And after she went gluten and dairy-free, her rheumatoid antibodies went from being high to being within the normal range. So that was pretty impressive. And her joint pain was gone. But one day during a follow-up, she mentioned that her joint pain was coming back and she couldn't figure out why. So I think when we come back from break, maybe I'll finish up that story uh, just so we have enough time. But you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Starting this coming week, our fabulous nutritionists and nutrition educators will begin teaching our six-week weight and wellness series. Each week, you'll spend two hours learning why balancing your blood sugars is so important. But you'll also learn what kinds of fats cause inflammation, as well as how your gut health affects your brain health. It's pretty amazing. So when we come back from break, not only will I finish up talking about Miss Lori, but Kara will also give times and locations for our weight and wellness series. So make sure to grab your pen and get ready with that. If you've got questions for us this morning, call the studio at 651-641-1071. Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Before break, Brenna was mentioning how Nutritional Weight and Wellness will be teaching its six-week weight and wellness series starting this week. Classes are going to kick off February 2nd in our new Eden Prairie office and in our St. Paul office. Maple Grove also has a class starting on Wednesday, February 3rd. Brenna will be teaching the Thursday night class as well in North Oaks. And all of the classes start at 6.30, and they last for two hours. So if you'd like to sign up, call our office at 651-699-3438, or you can go online to weightandwellness.com. And we had some really good testimonials from our last round of the Weight and Wellness series, and I just wanted to share a couple things that people said about the class. They One person said that I have... Um, I have said this many times, nutritional weight and wellness has not only changed my life, it has saved my life. Wow. Yeah, pretty pretty powerful. Yes, it is. And my other favorite one was nutritional weight and wellness is not based on slick marketing, but hard science. (laughs) So some good, good comments there. Now, we do have a couple of questions. I don't know if we want to take those first. Yeah, sure. Let's take take the calls. All right. Good morning, Miss Cindy. Looks like you have a question about dandruff. Yes, uh, I'm just wondering what is the cause, but mostly what is the cure? (laughs) So dandruff can have different causes. The one that kind of first comes to my mind is a lack of specific fatty acids. 
uh, particularly one called GLA or gamma linoleic acid. And so that might be something that could be causing it, especially if somebody's been eating more of a low fat diet. Mm -hmm. That could be a trigger. Uh, We've also found that dairy can sometimes be a trigger for people. So if you've been listening here this morning and we're talking about Mm -hmm. cutting dairy out of the diet, you might try that for a couple of weeks and see if you notice a difference. Okay. Cara, do you have any other thoughts? Well, yeah, the first thing that I thought of, too, was the GLA, which um, is available at our office. And then also, I mean, with the whole essential fatty acid deficiency, mm-hmm. which is very common, the omega-3 family is another one that most people are deficient in. So it wouldn't hurt, I think, to add some GLA and some omega-3 fish oil. Yes. Okay. So there you go. Does that answer your All question? Right. Sounds good. Thank okay. you. Okay. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And then we've got one more caller, Miss Becky. Good morning. Welcome to Nutrition or Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. You have a question for us? Yes, I get hives frequently on my back, and I've been told it's a, it's called dermatographism. It's just a skin condition, and I was wondering if nutrition would help that at all, or if you know anything about that. I have not heard of that specific I condition. Heard of that. Either. But we've definitely worked with a lot of clients who have hives, and we have found that there definitely is a big nutritional component. Mm-hmm. Um, so not um, knowing everything that you're eating and such this morning, I would highly recommend making an appointment with a nutritional weight and wellness mm-hmm. nutrition counselor. So you can just give our office a call and um, they could get you set up with that and we can help you get rid of those hives. What is the most common thing that people get rid of that helps their hives, or isn't it one thing? I would say it can be a whole host of different mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, probably look at gluten and dairy, but there's other foods that cause a, you know a lot of histamine reactions. So some people have issues with eggs. It yes. could be a particular nut. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And also, like if you were sitting down with us, we would probably look at intestinal health. Yep, And just make sure that everything is working in the gut. Oftentimes, what is going on in the skin is a reflection of what's going on in our intestinal tract. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, Thank you. You're yeah, very welcome. Now, getting back to my client, Lori, as I had mentioned before break, she had been gluten and dairy free for a while and her rheumatoid arthritis antibodies had really decreased and gone down into the normal range and she was feeling a lot better. But then during a follow-up, she mentioned that her pain was back and she couldn't figure out what was going on. But after I started asking her lots of questions, she, I think, maybe reluctantly revealed that she had started eating some goat cheese because she heard it was less inflammatory than cheese that comes from cows. Now, while this might be true for some people, it just simply wasn't the case for Lori. And when she stopped eating that goat cheese again, her joint pain went away. That's a great point. And I'm so glad that you brought up the topic of goat cheese because we get that question all the time. Yes, we do. But we just have to understand that everyone's bodies are different and some people can eat all of the dairy that they want and not have inflammation. Other people need to be more strict and avoid all dairy products. And some people can tolerate certain dairy. Like it's it's common that heavy whipping cream or cream cheese or goat or sheep cheese yep. are t- more tolerable. 
Um, some people can tolerate whey protein and butter. Yes. So it's it's just really depends on the person. It really does. And something that I actually just tried this morning that's for people who are going dairy-free, one of the biggest things that people often miss is their yogurt. Mm-hmm. And finding a good dairy-free yogurt can be really difficult. But I just tried one. I think it was um, called Kite Hill, I think. And it was an almond milk yogurt. And it was really tasty. It had a good consistency. Great. and Great for people to know about that yes. substitute. Yes. And even the plain one, it kind of had a nice little natural sweetness to it, but it mm-hmm. didn't have any added sugar. So great. that was good. Now, before we get into foods to include, there is one more food that we always recommend people avoid, which is those processed carbohydrates and sugar. So remember earlier when we were discussing removing gluten, we just we're not telling people to simply just switch over to a bunch of gluten free bread, gluten free cereal, gluten free pasta, bagels, crackers, you know, all of those high sugar, high carbohydrate gluten-free foods, those turn into a lot of sugar in the body, which is going to create more inflammation. And an example that I have is like gluten-free bread. Mm -hmm. I often get the question, you know, is that better? Well, I mean, if you're avoiding gluten, that part is better. But gram for gram, it's got the same amount of carbohydrates. Sometimes it's even higher in carbohydrates. Yes. So instead, try replacing those processed carbohydrates with nutrient-dense fruits and vegetables. Processed carbohydrates, even the gluten-free ones, actually pull nutrients such as vitamins and minerals out of the body. Also, as our blood sugars rise from eating these types of foods and more inflammation is created, our body uses up a lot of antioxidants to try and reduce that inflammation. Now, waffles and pancakes are high in carbohydrates, but they have almost no antioxidants to help reduce the inflammation they cause. And a friend recently asked me to brunch and offered two suggestions of where we might go. One was a coffee and waffle cafe, and the other was a local organic cafe where they do serve waffles, but they also serve eggs, salads, soups, all kinds of good yummy options. And as much as I would love to eat a waffle... I know that it will turn into too much sugar in my body and just leave me feeling sluggish and achy all afternoon. So, of course, we went to the other cafe and I got to order a roasted vegetable hash that had Brussels sprouts and cabbage and chicken in it. It was delicious. (laughs) Yes. And vegetables such as broccoli, green beans, asparagus, butternut squash and raspberries or all the veggies in that hash that you were talking about, they all contain vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants to help our cells reduce inflammation. So we know that that just means less joint pain. Exactly. And we've got a caller here that I think we have time to take. Good morning, Miss Sandra. You have a question for us? Yes, I do. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. I have I have been trying to be gluten-free and sugar-free. I do use a lot of your Nutri-Key um, vitamins, like your magnesium glycinate, leglutamine, and the Bifida Balance. Okay. And what I've noticed is, like, I'm making more things like, you know, eggs and a slice of bacon, you know, in the morning, and I'm using more, like, you know, natural foods like peppers and uh, potatoes and meats and stuff like that. Right. But now I've been recently having gallbladder issues. So... What? So when I switched over, um, what would you recommend other than surgery? You know, for the gallbladder to remove, be removed. To is there a vitamin or anything that I should be doing to keep my gallbladder, you know, at bay? I guess hmm. that is a good question. I think 
You might want to make a, an appointment with a nutritionist. Okay. To kind of dig a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. But one question I would have is, before you really started eating the weight and wellness way, had you been following a low-fat diet? No, no, I never did. I've always listened to your guys' show, and I've always eaten real fat. The low-fat mm-hmm. scares me because there's just so many chemicals in there. Right. So, um, no, I've always just been eating the real fat, like the real butter, you know, the real sour cream. Yes. You know, if I had yogurt, you know, full-fat yogurt, thing like, mm-hmm. things like that. Well, I think Cara has an idea here. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, um, you know, if you added in a good digestive enzyme... Mm-hmm. I mean, it could really help to break down. Maybe you're not completely breaking down the fats that you're eating. Okay. Um, so I would just suggest trying a digestive enzyme. If you can find one that has enzymes and hydrochloric acid. Okay. And just take that with with your main meals. And particularly if it's a like a higher fat or higher protein mm-hmm. or a larger meal, maybe you want to even take two. Now, do you have something like that at your store through Nutriki or any of that? that yeah, carry? it's not Nutriki brand. It's orthomolecular. Okay. It's called Ortho Digest Zyme. And I would recommend taking one to two with each larger meal. meal. Yes. Okay. Because the other thing I, I was looking up is they, they recommend apple cider vinegar. That can be helpful, but I think you're going to need a little more support than just that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the same um, theory as yep. the hydrochloric acid yes. that you'd okay. be getting in this enzyme. Okay. All okay. right. Well, thank you, Miss Sandra. We do need to go to break here. Now, thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today's topic has been all about ways to reduce your pain and inflammation through food. And that means reducing your joint pain, reducing your muscle aches, reducing the pain from arthritis or fibromyalgia. But it's hard to make changes. So let me suggest taking one of our night classes called Foods to Reduce Pain and Inflammation. We will be teaching this class on February 4th at the Highland Park Junior High from 6 to 8 p.m. and on February 9th at the Minnetonka Community Center from 8 to 10 a.m. To sign up, please go to our website, weightandwellness.com, or call the St. Paul Public Schools Community Education or the Minnetonka Community Ed Center. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist, here with Brenna Thompson, licensed dietitian. For many people, it might feel like they just got all the Christmas cookies out of the house. And now Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Stores are already stocking their shelves with pink and red candy, candy that will no doubt create joint inflammation. So when you see sugar just Think of how grainy it is, like like a sandpaper. And just imagine that that sugary sandpaper is rubbing away at your joints. It's kind of a visual. To help reduce the temptation of the sugar and the chocolate that's out there, just remember to eat balanced snacks of protein, fat, and real carbohydrates. One of my favorite snacks that would reduce inflammation and not cause more of it is two ounces of nitrate-free deli meat, along with a cup of raw vegetables. And I like to either dip it in hummus or guacamole. They have those Yum. holy guacamole. The little packs. Little packs that are yes. very portable. It's really quick, delicious. It's very satisfying. And, you know, when we balance our blood sugar with snacks like that, it keeps our blood sugar from dipping. And I don't want to reach for the, the Valentine's candy. Dish. candy. That's right. <laughs> 
Now, before break, we were talking a lot about eating vegetables to reduce inflammation. And if you still don't believe us that veggies are important, a study published this past year in the Pain Resolution Management Journal found that maintaining a healthy weight, exercising for 150 minutes per week, and eating more vegetables and taking some supplements was more effective than taking prescription medications for reducing pain mm. caused by osteoarthritis. Very, very interesting. Yes. That's great information. And in two, in a 2004 study, this was published by the University of Manchester, researchers found that there are fewer cases of rheumatoid arthritis in Mediterranean countries, such as Italy and Greece, when people eat a, a diet that's high in fatty fish, fruits, vegetables, and olive oil. Mm. Now, it might sound crazy, but we recommend that people eat a minimum, this is the minimum, of five cups of vegetables mm -hmm. each day. But we really want people to eat more than that, closer to nine cups each day to reduce their inflammation. Five is fine and nine, nine is, is divine. divine. <laughs> I think, did Oralee come up with that? I'm not sure. I think she did. <laughs> so how many cups of vegetables are you eating each day? Cara, how might someone eat? Five to nine cups of veggies in one day. Well, Brenna, they're going to have to start with breakfast. And right now I'm teaching a nutrition for weight loss series. And, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you got to just, even if you're not used to it, start eating those vegetables with your breakfast. It's yes. the only way to get the five to nine servings in. So maybe sauteing um, a whole zucchini and a couple handfuls of spinach and having that with a half of a sweet potato with your two eggs. That starts out the day with two and a half cups of vegetables. Right. You could also throw some spinach into a smoothie if you're doing that yes, quick, quick yes, in the morning. Definitely. Yeah. If we pack a big chicken salad that is made from two to three cups of lettuce or spinach or baby kale, and then we throw another two cups of chopped veggies, such as broccoli, cucumber, cherry tomatoes, and carrots. Well, you've got five mm -hmm. cups right there at lunch. And then for dinner, maybe you just have two cups of roasted vegetables like cauliflower and parsnips with your pork chop. So that actually exceeds the nine cups. That's nine and a half servings of er, vegetables. vegetables for the entire day. And you are so full and satisfied that you've got no room for junk food. And that's what I hear from clients when I really, when I kind of challenge them and I say, can you eat nine cups of vegetables a day and they start doing that and they go i'm so full i don't it just it kills their cravings yeah they, they don't have room it for takes sugar some planning and prep and gotta mm -hmm. have the groceries and but really it's that is what's going to keep people from going to the valentine's candy yes those little <laughs> chalky hearts and with all those antioxidants floating through your bloodstream you are going to be on the path to less inflammation not only that, the menu that we just created, it's also naturally gluten-free and dairy-free. Yeah, dairy-free and, and sugar-free. Sugar -free. Yep. Yes. And along with eating the weight and wellness way, there are some supplements which can help reduce inflammation. And we don't have time to discuss all of them because there are lots of them. But many people are probably familiar with the omega-3 mm -hmm. fish oil. And maybe you have heard that fish oil is anti-inflammatory. Research has shown that taking 6,000 to 9,000 milligrams of fish oil reduced pain in people with rheumatoid arthritis. And that's a lot of fish oil. So that would be probably six to nine capsules mm -hmm. of fish oil a day. Unless it's like a high potency, but a right. typical 
dosing would yeah be six to nine nine. yep and as nutrition experts we always recommend food first but realize that not everyone likes to eat fatty fish such as salmon sardines herring trout or mackerel Mm -hmm. but taking a fish oil supplement is pretty easy and we have you know if somebody wants to try to incorporate salmon we have some great salmon recipes in in our cookbook and there's a couple things on the website as well yeah there are the other supplement that we've been recommending quite a bit this past year, it's called Osteovantive, and it contains type 2 collagen to support the body's own natural collagen production within the joints. But it also contains a hops extract, and hops has been shown to reduce pain associated with arthritis because it reduces inflammation. Yes, and we did have that caller earlier who wanted to know about collagen, and yeah. um, I guess you know the, the Osteovantive would be the product that we have that has collagen in it, but I think she was talking more the powdered yeah, but the yes. same concept it's of what it's doing exactly. To the body. And the hops extract in the osteovantive works in the same biochemical pathways as medications such as ibuprofen or Advil, but it can be taken long term without any negative side effects. And this is why, you know, a couple of times this past year, I like sprained a finger, did something, and I would take the osteovantive and it would reduce my inflammation mm-hmm. and the swelling within like three hours. That's great. I know that's a newer product that we mm-hmm. haven't carried for very long. So some people may have not have heard of that. Yeah. Many nutritional weight and wellness clients are finding that they can either reduce or eliminate their reliance on pain medication when they start taking just two capsules of that osteovantive each day. One in the morning and one in the afternoon or evening. And I've had several clients who have had trouble sleeping because of their joint pain, but taking those two osteovantive right before bed they begin sleeping better, which, of course, also helps reduce their inflammation. And, you know, just to remind people that the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories have so many side effects. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of good reason to take the osteovantive. But I think we've given everyone some really great tips on how they can change their diets to reduce aches and pains, especially those associated with different forms of arthritis. Let's recap everything in case somebody tuned in halfway through the show. First, we want to go gluten-free for six weeks. This means no products made from or containing wheat, barley, rye, spelt, or camute. Second, while you cut out gluten, also cut out all dairy products. The whey and the casein proteins found in dairy can be very inflammatory to the joints. Now, for most people, butter is still fine to cook with or put on sweet potatoes or things like that. And third, make sure you haven't replaced all your processed gluten-containing products with gluten-free products. We want to replace them with vegetables to help supply all the vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants your body needs to reduce all that joint inflammation. And then finally, consider supplementing with omega-3 fish oil and osteovanive to help reduce your aches and pains and support joint tissues. And we want to thank everybody for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition this morning. If you found this show interesting, please share it with a friend or family member. Our message each week is how eating real food supports your health. It is a simple but a powerful life-changing message. So be sure to tune in next week when Dar and Brittany interview Dr. Michael Lewis about the role of, hey, those omega-3 fatty acids. Great. And concussions. So have a nice weekend, everyone. Have a great weekend.
Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.